I am unashamed. What about you? And all of these things we cover in the various uh, places that we look when you're reading the Bible. You look at it and you say, because we're 2,000, over 2,000 years out from when this took place. But if you look carefully, what you do is you have a uh, one of these, uh, what do you call these little... Uh, Concordance? You no, know, you have a little uh, colored pen. What do they call them? These highlighter. Highlighter. You take a highlighter, and I'm looking <laughs> at the end of chapter 11 in the book of Acts that goes into chapter 12 at the bottom of my Bible. Then I got chapter 13. So I'm looking at 12 and most of chapter 13 and the last part of chapter 11. Well, if, if you highlight these things, in other words... Uh, well, but mine's already highlighted in red. Yeah, well, well I, I understand. Okay. But I'm just saying the overall <laughs> thrust, these are what you call nuggets of keeping everybody on what is going on there. How does it yeah. relate to us being sitting here reading it 2,000 years later? What is amazing, if you will just look at it logically, you say, so what was the purpose in amidst all this thing Herod's going over here. In other words, Herod had a thorough search made looking for Peter to find him. He cross-examined the guards and, listen, and ordered that they be executed. I mean, the, the gospel is going out, coming forth from a system where some monarch could just on a whim come by and you're a dead man. Yeah. You, you let what happen? Yeah. They said, well, there's Peter, that, that joker... One of them Jesus freaks was down there hollering, <clears throat> and the, the the monarch gets wind of it. Why did he get out of there? <clears throat> well, the Bible's telling you how he got out of there. Some angel showed up, and you're like, whoa. So look, I got one, two, three, four, five, just five little things that jumps out. Well, I highlighted them. Acts 12, uh, 11, 19, uh, telling the message only to Jews. Those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen, he jumps back to what, what was exactly happened. What was happening is they were telling the message <clears throat> only to Jews. They were preaching the gospel to the Jews. You look right below there, the disciples were first called Christians. Right now we're looking back. And Tell you them say, where you're at, Phil. Yeah, I'm in Acts chapter 11. Uh, about verse uh, 26 and following. A whole year Barnabas and Saul met with the church, taught great numbers of people. All this is ongoing. You say, well, if you fast forward to the days of our days, there's old Jason Robertson sitting right there, one of my sons. There's another one down in Florida talking via virtual here I am seated here. You say, so what exactly is the format? What are y'all doing? We are telling the message now to everyone, the Jew and Gentile thing. Uh, we no understand why at some point you say, well, who named us? Well, other people got the saying, that's him, Christians, Christians. They say, Christian, Christian. Because well, that, they follow Christ. They follow Christ, and that's the roots of the entire movement. Yeah. It's just one little phrase. You say, does he dig deeper into that? No. 
He's just updating you. We, we first were called <coughs> Christian. Well, here we are 2,000 years later, as you say, well, now we know where our roots came from when it started. It started in there around Antioch, way back. Well, you get to 12, uh, 12, 24, the word of God continued to increase and spread. That's 12, 24. You're like, they were making sure. Well, you fast forward 2,000 years. I sat with a guy who was an atheist yesterday evening. He's out in front of my gate standing there. And I drive by. I said, well, how long were you prepared to stand there? He said, until you drove by. I'm like. That's a good sign. It's a good sign. So you say, I said, we're making a disciple out of you there, uh, Nathan. I said, so we're working with you. We're sending you out. So the precise, I said, what I want you to do is I'm going to go through a study with you so you'll understand about the kingdom and the gospel so you'll become rooted in that. So I want you to stand on that. Well, I gave him all these verses, and he was sitting there but saying— deep down, you were thinking, we need this guy to go back to San Francisco. And when and, he gets on and, the next golf course, when the when the who yeah. are the big golfers these and, days? And, well, I mean, the list is long. The list but, is long, but he works within that structure. I <laughs> said, we need someone on the golf course— to, I was more thinking San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah our San Francisco. A, a greater yeah. need, yeah. just a hunch. But the point is, back <laughs> then, we want, they wanted field. the word of God. Yeah. It did continue to increase and spread, which we're attempting the same thing. Yeah. And you get down to 12, 13, 5. Uh, the two of them, uh, who are the two of them? Uh, Barnabas and Saul, they're together, uh, sent on their way, like you said a while ago, Jay, by the Holy Spirit, Went down to Seleucia, sailed from there to Cyprus. These people are on the move. Look, yeah. when they arrived at Salamis, <laughs> they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. Though old John, you don't meet, read much about him in the book of Acts. You say he was there helping them out. You say they had formed a cadre of proclaimers, and they were reaching out. And the proof that they went worldwide is proven by today, you, Al, you, Jace, and me, your dad. Well, when did that stop? It never stopped. Oh, it's still ongoing. That's my point. Still ongoing. You say, well, how in the world did it go worldwide? We're giving you some insight with a few texts. If you just get your highlighter and you say, what was the point here? What was the message? Jesus died, was buried, and raised from the dead. What did they do? Put their faith in that, and they baptized them, and they moved on. Well, I'll re reiterate. But that's the, pretty cool. Yeah, I'll reiterate. Yeah. The highlights, I do believe that some whoever decided to put the Jesus quotes in red was was awesome. That That's one amendment, you know, we talked about last podcast when the Bible interpreters or uh i guess a better word well put the be, apostles jace in orange yeah put put them in orange or yellow you y'all knows you put them in yellow i put them in yellow but i mean to let me know jesus didn't say that well right but the apostles yeah. did because the whole thing Pub, the publishers is, days it was the bible publishers that's yeah publishers that's by the, the way the last on. thing about chapter 13 in the book of acts <coughs> they ran up on this guy he was up to no good some kind of sorcerer so look he and, and, and he was asked a question, uh, the, the, the apostles, some of them said, will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? 
Yeah. Fast forward mm. 2,000 years, Jace, and my question to my listeners today and the world at large and including these United States, will y'all, will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Because Al, yeah. nothing has changed, dude. Nothing. We're still, yeah. the battle goes on. <clears throat> I think you bring up a good point, and, and here's my take on it. I think it's, it didn't stop now, but it started sputtering when the idea came of we're going to go and set up camps with various, in the name of various religious tones and interpretations of the Bible, instead of <coughs> moving it, it became a monumental model where there's just camps. And it, yeah. and, and I think the purpose was for those camps to reach out to the community around them. But in a lot of instances, it just became a camp. Here's what I'm saying. Uh, when some of our listeners say, well, the reason them guys are up there they're expanded on these biblical issues and biblical matters. Is they that's just that what they do in their spare time? What they don't realize is, oh, this is the what we're doing the entire time. We 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 get up in the morning and it's 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 never stops. I mean, we're we're yeah. So well, I'm a one by one guy. I think Jesus's model, the highlights, is that he went. Now he had a little inner circle that he chose. And he went to various parties, weddings, uh, religious festivals, gatherings of people. But in his spare time, which was as he's traveling along to these various events, he was having meaningful encounters and conversations with people on an individual basis. Therefore, when you get to <coughs> Acts 11, going into almost Acts 11, it's Acts 10, about verse 38. Uh, Y'all remember how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, like us, and power, like us, and how he went around, you said went around, that's us, uh, doing good, that's us, and heeding all those who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. So we point them, we're not trying to overthrow the government. We're trying to overthrow the evil one in individual human beings' life. Yeah. We happen to be in America at the time, but it's going on in Mexico like our brother that they just shot to death the other day down there. You're like, yep. there's people being killed for the cause. Mm -hmm. So we're right. more Well, that makes the world nervous when you start talking about the evil one or the devil because then they're like, all of a sudden this has become some kind of spooky story, you know, or like a horror film that they got all their material out of the Bible, all these exorcism and all these great movies that people are like, oh, this is, they base that from stuff they read in the Bible. And yeah. even, I think it's interesting, we're talking about Acts 12 today. And the and murder we, and the murders and the lying and the stealing and the drugs and the alcohol, mm -hmm. they still continued at a rate. But well, the thing about it, Dad, it, mm -hmm. it, it brings order to the world. I mean, yesterday a guy goes into a grocery store in Boulder, Colorado, and kills 10 people, shot him to death. 
And the first thing everybody starts saying is, what, what is wrong with him? What are his motives? Do we need more gun control? All the same old questions keep coming out. And to me, immediately I said, oh, man, the evil one. He got yeah. that guy. Well, yeah, it's two things. It's either the evil one or he's you know, got a screw loose, which is he's mentally, you know, mental right. illness. But in every case, it's one of those two things. It's, they were that, under- that's what's the causing <laughs> these problems and people are like, well, I don't just don't understand, you know, maybe if we take away that gun, it's mental illness or it's just rank evil. And 2000 years ago, Jesus was going around healing all those who were under the power of the devil. They were going around saying, we can get you out from under the power of the devil. That's what Jesus was saying. That's what we're telling them. And we see them turn from their wicked ways and they're murderous things. And when you see people under lock and key in prisons and they're set free in prison, they have a life sentence, they can't leave, but they're converted. And you say, even under lock and key, you can still be free. What so the we world, preach the message to right. all of them. What the world doesn't get that we get on a daily basis, and I mean we as in, in Jesus, is we get the highlights from sharing Jesus. You know, sure, we get the highlights of evil in the world on every newscast. But when some evil person who has done incredible amounts of harm comes to Jesus, well, they don't report that. Have you ever seen on the, on a newscast? They're like breaking. Like we shared a couple podcasts ago about one of these, uh, you know, leaders of a gang in Mexico, a cartel coming to Jesus. Well, I didn't see that on the news. You ever hear that? But no, no, when he got ever that's, a hi- that's a highlight there that I'm like, that's yes, right. the, because that's our our mission. Whenever I see something bad happen, and look, we've all, if you looked at our bottom five Bible studies with evil people that we've all had, we have encountered just raw evil that and, is and correct. looked at them right in the eyes. So here I am. I'm not thinking about this guy may go into a place and shoot somebody, but in the back of my mind, it wouldn't shock me because this guy is evil or, or, you know, female, whoever it was. But I thought I got a moment right here through the grace of God to introduce Jesus, to change this heart, not only to save his soul and let him be a representative, kind of like a guy named Saul, but also to make the world a safer place. If we were surrounded by Jesus people, followers of Jesus, Al, it would be a much better place. Yeah. That well, the no alternative. My point is when I meet somebody, you know, our, our philosophy from the government side is when you see something, say something, if something's weird. Well, if I see something, I say something about Jesus. Then I may call the police and say, you might ought to watch this guy, which I have done before in the past. I'm yep. like, this guy, I'm, 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 I don't feel good about this guy. Our family structure, hey. we've had bullets going through our, our houses. I mean, you know. But I know Jesus is the first place you need to go. Yeah. Let's take a break. So, Dad, one of our favorite uh one of our favorite sponsors that we talk about on the show is uh, Omega XL. And I think it's because you and I have, you know, personally experienced being able to feel better, uh, from the aches and pains and things like that. The first time I had a conversation with these guys, uh, I talked to Dr. McQuillan 
And uh, she's super sharp. These guys have been researching for like 30 years. They wound up in the pristine waters of New Zealand, as Dad says, uh, finding out that uh, you had these muscles and they produce this great product that basically takes out your infl- your inflammation. So uh, definitely want to check these guys out if you got some aches and pains and some inflamed areas. We've had a lot of people that have responded back, so it's helping them as well. You go to OmegaXL.com. You buy a bottle. You get a second one for free. OmegaXL.com slash fill. First bottle we pay for, second one's free, so you get an extra month on us. That's OmegaXL.com slash fill, or you can call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. Check them out. And, you know, even, but even you, you mentioned mental illness, and which we've experienced that in our own family and, and how devastating that can be. But, you know, when you read the, in Jesus's time, he was on the earth. I believe all that was heightened, you know, the spiritual warfare, because, I mean, the evil side knew Jesus was here. They couldn't figure out what he's doing here. You know, we, we know from the Bible tells us Satan didn't really know. He didn't know what he was doing here. So you have all these, but he, he was casting out evil spirits. And when you read the description of some of these people, huh. I mean, they sound a lot like bipolar. I mean, things we kind of attribute strictly. So I, I'm just wondering, that's true, even but I mean, with evil spirits, you know, yeah. how, how they affect, you know, think about it. We know that the evil one struck Job with a physical illness. So can he not work on people in a mental way? I don't know, but I know it was going on a lot true. in Jesus' day, and he was uh, true. He was but casting I think them out, so. I think some things are, you know, a result of a broken world that that we live true. in, and and by giving us choices to make, well, now you have the possibility of consequences happening from somebody else's poor decision or bad decision. You know, kids are abused, things happen. I mean, I learned a lot from when my wife. Uh, had this ministry of dealing with these these women who were involved in sex trafficking because most of the women there, when they were just little bitty girls, were being pimped out by their parents, you know, to do awful things for, for money. Well, obviously, that's going to have an effect on your mental state <clears throat> moving forward. Yeah. And so you come in there and it becomes messy. And so what I'm saying is that's just one small example. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen. We're in a broken world, but I, you know, the, the problem may be hard to figure out, but we know the solution and we've all seen when people are loved and when Jesus is shared, we've seen the worst of the worst come around and and change. And to me, when I see an act on TV of somebody uh, you know, you, you mentioned the one in Colorado, but, you know, a week ago there was one in Atlanta. You know, the same thing where the media immediately went to, oh, some of Racism. these. Yeah, yeah, some of these were Asian women. But the more they got to investigating, you know, there was definitely evil behavior, mental illness, and, and some bad religious All wrapped into experience. One, right? Yeah, and, and and the sex addiction that he claimed to have, and they viewed him as temptation. I mean, the more you put it all together, the media's narrative wasn't even right. It, well, you know, he just he just <laughs> went in those places, and whoever was standing in his way, he just started firing. So that's why when you Including get to like uh, some dude, yeah. When you get to Acts 14, <clears throat> here comes Paul and Barnabas. They spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. They've winning them, but watch. 
But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the Gentiles, poisoned their mind against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord. Now watch this. Who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to to do miraculous signs and wonders. They had that with them. You're like, did that do it? Let's see. The people of the city were divided. Oh, well, well, what do you know? We have people who were divided 2,000 years ago. I'm like, yeah. 2,000 years later, you say, uh, do you see any division out there? Uh, Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot, is the way it reads, This is Acts 14, the beginning of the chapter. There was a plot afoot among the Gentiles and Jews together with their leaders. Now watch this. To mistreat them, Paul and Barnabas, and stone them. But they found out about it and fled to Lyconian, cities of Lystra and Derb, and to the surrounding country where they continued to preach the good news. So if you just, my point is, if you just look 2,000 years ago or right now in America, you're like, things have not changed, Al, not that much. Same scenario. But here, here, here's what I, I want to say when it come, to bring it back to Acts 12. Here you have a story. You got the king. He arrests you know, people who are declaring Jesus. They kill James. Well, he, kill, he kills James, right. Yeah, and... and so when you start looking at the two sides here, you know, and, and look at the small details in, in verse four, it says they handed him over after arresting him, uh, Peter, after arresting him, they handed him over to be guarded by four squads of four <laughs> soldiers each. Sixteen. We got sixteen soldiers. We got bars. We you got, ain't getting away. We got, we got the, you. We got the power to kill you, and and so you look at their side, and we get the picture. And when you look at the other side, what do what do we have? All they have is in verse five. This is the totality of what they have. The church was praying for them. Well, this doesn't seem like a fair fight because most people in the world say you're locked up. You got 16 soldiers there. We got bars. We got the power of the sword. Double we chain. Got, we, we have the government. We're, we're winning. We're winning. And you got, okay, say your little prayers. And so it just doesn't make sense for this team to win. The one who's saying their little that prayer and they view weak. And I think when we talk about all these things that happen in our world it seems so evil and so big and there's no way we're going to win and but you got to remember our history was based on these kinds of fights and we read this story and when i was researching this because any anytime something happens in the bible that i I, it's like whoa because you know we get down to the end peter gets out and there's some comical things happen about because the church, they pray, and then it's answered, but then they can't recognize that God has answered our prayer. Plus, they get on the, the thing about, well, show them a miracle. Show them a miracle. That'll work. But, Al, there was all kind of miracles going on. Well, and they still they, didn't they, believe it. They didn't know? believe it. He's out there knocking on the door, and she won't <laughs> open, open the door. But when you get down to the end, well, Herod, who orchestrated this whole thing, 
he has the gift, you know, to expound on all these things, and he didn't give glory to God. And guess what happens? The guy with the soul, the squad, the soldiers, and the bars, and the government authority, and the the people's, you know, support. Well, God uses an angel to strike him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. Payback. It it just doesn't seem (laughs) like, you know, you don't see movies that portray something like this happening. So I started looking this up in in secular history about King Herod, and look, what I found fascinating. Herod Agrippa. Yeah, Herod Agrippa. uh, is two different historical people that in their writings, which look, it was an hour of my life. I'll never get back. Cause most of it just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but there was two different ones that said, now they weren't writing, uh, as believers. This was the secular historical version, but they both said something like it was believed that he died from supernatural reasons. It was rumored that he died of, and I thought, huh, wonder where they got that from. <laughs> so he, even in the non-Bible-believing historical world, something happened in his death that was weird. And I'm like, well, maybe he was struck down by an angel and some worms ate, ate him, which always got my attention, what I was going to say earlier, because your mom, my grandma, used to scare us like, about things we would do, she was like, oh, you don't need to do that. That'll give you worms. So I was always paranoid about having worms in my body and you know, because as a little kid, I think she was just trying to get me not to do something, and her threat probably came from this story. That, that'll give you worms. They'll yeah. kill you. So I'm like, oh, don't do no, that. They were- I don't want Hey, Jays, let's take a break. Yeah, and not only that, <clears throat> they were real. I mean, because I had them before. You know, people in poverty go around barefoot all the time. They're, That's you know, what you it can... was. She was like, wear your shoes, you'll get worms and die. <laughs> but they, but she was telling the truth. I and mean, that's why they used to worm us. You know, I mean, we they we got wormed. Well, and you Al, did too, didn't you, Dad? Just like died, dogs. He died because he didn't give glory to God. There was no mention about he didn't have any shoes on. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm saying that's a real thing. He's just saying, saying that worms well, it, can can work within a human being's bodies because back when right. they would worm they us, they gut. just line, line us up. Oh, yeah, with pinworms, they call them. Well, but, uh, you know worms, what? But there's some worse than that worldwide. You know what? Oh, I in think Africa, what? in Africa, they'll get in there. It's called a tapeworm. That thing is about 30 foot long. Yeah. And it gets in through their feet. It's, now, a, it's a scary I, looking. I stand corrected. In in chapter twelve and verse eight, when the angel came out and told Peter, he the angel told Peter, "Put your clothes on and your shoes." Hey, that's right. <laughs> there you go. Granny was right. All and this Peter time. did so. You know, it's a really fascinating though. All right, most times if you're going to do a prison break, you would just they, you would be in a hurry. I mean, number one, he was in there a while, which shows you that while they're praying and he's stuck, God, he didn't get in a hurry because I guess he can't get in a hurry because he's not bound by time. That just popped into my head, but that's probably true. But but then they take time out and say, I guess put your clothes on for a modesty issue, but the shoes, okay. 
Did you see that the, one of the X-Men movies, there was one of the guys, his, he's a mutant, you know, but he could go so fast that he would be running around and everybody else would be like in slow, like, like barely moving, but he's running around doing all kinds of stuff. You know, of course he's a good man to have around, you know, for a prison break. But I thought about that with his story. It's almost like, cause, cause Peter's sitting there in between two soldiers. Yeah. And here's one of the things that fascinated me. He's sound asleep. Now he's got this trial coming up the next day and he knows that will end with his death. This is not a, we're not getting any due process. You know, he, he's not have a lawyer. No, there, this is a public show of intimidation, which is how Harry thinks he's going to do. He's already killed James. So he's sitting there double chained in between two soldiers. And we know there's some more out front, the, you know, on the shift. There's at least four there. And this angel comes in and has to wake him up. It said he struck him on the side to wake him up. Peter is so mm-hmm. confident that he's just sleeping at all. I mean, think about it. This is the night before you're going to die. Hey, and by the way, struck Al, me. Uh, before you finish, the same word, because I looked this up, that when it says he struck him to wake him up is the exact same word in the end of the chapter where it says the Lord struck him down and he was eaten by worms, which I thought, because yeah. when I saw that, I said, I wonder if that's the same word, but with, two, it, different, with, sa- with two different outcomes. The that's point right. is the person <clears throat> who has the ability to strike, which would be the God, God above angel of the Lord, be yeah. on the right team, be on the weak looking <laughs> prayer right. warriors and not <laughs> the right. ones with the sword in the bars. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, that's a I good thought point. that was fascinating. You know, it was, you know what, Jason, I didn't think about it. It was probably the same angel. I mean, he, he was, was, I guess he was working this, he was working this neighborhood, you know? So <laughs> on, on one side, he's getting Peter out. So then they walk past these guards <clears throat> and poor Peter, you know, he's already had the vision in Acts 10 where the sheet came down out of heaven and he's trying to figure it out. And then he kind of wakes up and then somebody shows up at his door. Well, here he is again. He's not even sure if this is really happening. He thought yeah. he was seeing he's a like, vision. Yeah. He was like, am I dreaming this? Are we really walking out? You know? <clears throat> and so the gate opens up on its own. We talk about movies, Jay's. Oh, I mean, they well. walk right past these people. They're awake, but they can't tell what's going on. Great uh, point. Miraculously. Yeah. That's and then where all of a sudden the gate that, opens. <laughs> that's where the drive-in movie theater, I know where it came from. Somebody mm-hmm. read Acts 10 and said, y'all wonder if we could do that. We could just let down a large sheet and people would ride up and watch it. You know, it was. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has got all kind of inventions coming out of this text. But so I, the, you're exactly right. And then Peter... He, it said in verse 11, he came to himself. And I'm kind of like that. I don't highlight my Bible because then I have a hard time reading it when I'm preaching. But I write notes all the time and I put three question marks. What does that mean? He came to himself. So he was in this visionary state. He's not even sure he's out. And then he looks up mm-hmm. and he's out. And then the guy who was with him is gone. Another one of these teleportation, dimensional controls. I mean, he's standing there and then he's gone. Because they're in not a, bound flash. by the atoms and molecules. Look, a lot of people who are not believers, when they hear us reading a story like this, they're like, this is the craziest. This is the craziest stuff I've ever heard. But the more you get into it, it actually starts making making sense. Look, I've had moments in my life 
I pretty much have this daily where I have to come to myself because I get lost in, you know, uh, la la land. But I mean, we know what it means to be in a trance or especially when you sleep hard and you wake up and you're trying to figure out what, you know, what, what, where am I at? What, what's going on? It's not, it's not above out of the realm of possibility to understand how God works in these situations like this when we have all these unexplained things that happen just in our normal day-to-day life through sleeping or through you know there's things you can even things on the earth that you take that affect how you feel and what you think i mean just go look at one of these big pharma companies and see how much crap they're selling you know so we 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 get it. it even that's why people get drunk you know, because I always think about that illustration in Ephesians 5 that relates true worship to God as singing compared to don't get drunk. Why is he making that analogy? Yeah. There's a euphoric. I mean, y'all would have to tell me what it feels like to be drunk, but you get the point. I get it because I've seen people and see how they act, but I'm like, well, I'm going to accomplish that from God's view in singing spiritual hymns and songs, and I'm going to get the same effect. According, if I believe this, it's true. Well, I think, I think you're right. Uh, let's take another break. Especially on the addiction side of, because people drink for different reasons, but the people that are trying to escape something, either something right. that's wrong in their life, maybe it's a bad relationship, whatever, and fill it with drugs or alcohol or something else, you're right. They're trying to escape the reality. The problem is you sober up. And when you come back, the reality mm-hmm. is still the reality. It's never going to change the situation. And so that's why, yeah. you know, we celebrate recovery, whatever. They work on saying, look, only Jesus can fill the hole that you're trying to fill. you got to have something mm-hmm. bigger than just alcohol or drugs because that wears off. That won't, And then it destroys right. your body in the process and every and look, relationship. So that's why I, it won't work. I've seen people get hooked on worship, just the euphoric yeah. feeling, and they're moving around from town to town, concert to concert. You're saying you think that's negative? No, I think it's awesome. But at some point, you've got to come to yourself like Peter did and realize, okay, I'm back on mission here. This, this whole point and the whole podcast that we've talked about today is revolving around all these acts of God through people are in response to their encounter with Jesus and the mission that is, that is going on, which is exact. I mean, Peter's like, I'm fixed to die tomorrow. It's over. There are 16 soldiers here. I'm locked up. I mean, at this point, even a cheesy movie where like, we're going to do a prison break. You're you're there's 16 of them. You're not getting out of here. You're going to die tomorrow. You've already proven that he'll kill people with, with uh, James getting killed. And then all of a sudden, we have this God's supernatural ability done in a way that's not exactly recognized. You know, it, it blurs the line. I mean, we know it was a miracle and it was supernatural, but they're all trying to figure out what happened. Even Peter is saying, you know, he's, he makes that statement. He says, now I know in verse 11, without a doubt, that the Lord sent his angel, which tells me he had had doubts up to that point that this was really, well, you know, you know, he happened. had to. Yeah. You know, he had it to. Is, a human, it is interesting. It is interesting 
that the, uh, the demise of Herod. Uh, on the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on. This is after he got through killing James, and thereafter, be well, he uh, he sat on his throne, and he delivered a public address to the people. Now, watch how this unfolds. They shouted. This is the voice of a God, not of a man. Uh-oh. Now watch. Uh-oh. He, so he must have really gave, given a speech, Al. Immediately, <laughs> yeah. uh, here's the reason, because Herod did not give praise to God. An angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. And here's the kicker. But the word of God continued to increase and spread. And look, Al, yep. it was just a matter of fact yeah, some big dog got up there, some big shot politician got up there running his mouth. Yep, the worms ate him, but the, the word of God continued to spread. And that's it, what and I And it just was, moves yeah, on I, like in the story. That's what I was getting at. Look, I love worship. It is a great tool, even, you know, with going through with everything I went with my daughter. And I had I told about the couple that I felt ministered to me, maybe ministered to them, but it was all done through the Holy Spirit. But you can't get so absorbed in life circumstances where you forget the mission and what's going on. You know, you got to dust yourself off and look for opportunities to share Jesus and maybe prevent some of these catastrophes. You know, I, I thought about that. We brought up the two things that happened, you know, in the U.S. as far as, you know, the shootings. But you just think about how many things have probably been prevented because someone came to Jesus because of one conversation and they never went down that road That's because right. of the love of God. Remember and you would never the, see the cause. Remember the cause. Yeah. So here, I wanted to make a point, Jace, that uh, you mentioned it earlier, but I made this point in my sermon. Uh, when I preached this last week, um, in verse five, you you read it a minute ago. So Peter was kept in prison, and there the next word, and and I, and I told our church and people listening, when you're reading the Bible, there's a couple of conjunctions. You know, I, I'm a grammar guy, Dad. You taught English. There's a couple of conjunctions. When you see these words, you should perk up, because. The whole scenario is this is a losing scenario. But when you see the word but, then you know something amazing is about to happen. And you, like you described, that seemed like a weak play, but that was yeah. actually a strong play. I mean, the but there. Same thing with like in, in Colossians 1, uh, Paul says, you've been reconciled by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish, free from accusation. I mean, who would turn that down? But then the word, verse 23, if... That's another word. If you see the word if, you need to pay attention because that means there's an expectation from you to do something. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. So I always like those words like that in the Bible jump out to me. That's, that would be my highlighted word, Dad, if I highlighted. Mm -hmm. I got you. The buts and the ifs. Because what, it, what the whole point of this story, which we've made in the podcast today, is that we're going we're gonna to win ultimately even in the moments where it doesn't look like we're winning. And the, and the idea of prayer, and Jace, you mentioned it on the first podcast you came back about Mia. I mean, you felt that. You and Missy knew that there were people earnestly praying for the for surgeons, for nurses, mm -hmm. for her, for you know everything to go so that she would be able to get past this whole situation. Oh, and I, there's it power was, in that. It was overwhelming. And look, some people that – 
I hadn't, uh, you know, I'm a big LSU baseball fan, always have been. I mean, you are too, Al. And, uh, yeah. you know, the just the, because when we were younger, we went, when Skip Bertman was coach or manager, you know, we won all those national champions. And it's just something I look forward to every year. And I've been to multiple games and met multiple, you know, LSU players. But, you know, some of them are just, you just can't help they're your favorites because they're leaders. And one of those guys was Alex Lang. And, you know, I, I met him down there. And we just kind of hit it off. He, he's been here a couple times. I took him fishing. But he called me, you know, when Mia was, you know, going through her surgery and all and and we caught up and but I just thought to myself, here's a guy. I mean, the baseball, they didn't even have spring training last year. I mean, they didn't have anything, you know, they just called the season off. Here's a guy trying to make it to the pros. He's with the Detroit Tigers organization now. But I it just and he was telling me, you know, we've been praying for you and I'm like, now this guy has a hundred million things to be doing out there and to reach out to me in this moment, I don't know. It just, it, it moved me and it made me realize, yep. well, no wonder, uh, you know, she's, she's hanging in there. It really meant, you know, a lot to him, which I was saying, I, I was telling him about this year's team and I'm like, cause he, you know, we were talking about the team and I was like, they need, they need a leader. They need a Alex Lane to step up. They got the talent. They're young. You know, we were so I was like, they need you. Someone like you. I, I was just getting excited. I, <laughs> He's <laughs> like, calm down. They'll be all right. <laughs> so well, we had just let's, lost let's the that. first two games to Mississippi State. I was like, yeah, no. we need somebody to step up. <laughs> of course, then the next day they won eight to three. So you were singing the blues. Let's hey, Jess, let's take one last break. But what was amazing was about the power of prayer and the story is they were gathered at a house praying. So I mean, literally, they were going to pray all night for something mm -hmm. to happen. And it did. And you mentioned there was this servant girl named Rhoda. She went up to the door. Peter's knocking on the door. She got so excited that she ran back to the others but forgot to let him in, which oh, I found I comical. Because <laughs> yeah. and so but look when she goes back and she tells them, they said, You're out of your mind, girl. I mean You're the, crazy. the miracle yeah. came to the, <laughs> the the miracle came to the door. She didn't let him in, and then they're saying you're out of your mind. And then they said, you know what they said was interesting. They said, Maybe it's his angel. In other words, they've already killed him. And his yeah. angel showed up. That, that that's what they but I thought about it, isn't that so us? Like we pray about something and God answers our prayer and then we we don't want to believe it's true, you know, that it really happened. And so oh, I, I know. Think that's where the faith yeah, is. I'm, I used that illustration earlier. Even today, even if it's not a super a natural, like miraculous thing, we'll pray, right. and it's answered, and then we don't even recognize it or, or like can't right. believe it. I mean, this whole situation right. is filled with. Why well, I didn't even. It remind that I have a weird childhood story that popped in my head, but. I remember Willie and I were fighting. I thought Phil and Kay were out, were out of town. They weren't around. And basically, I had locked the house because I decided I'm going to be – this is my house for, for as long as y'all are gone. And so I locked all the doors, barricaded, closed the windows. Well, Willie would go around, and he was trying to break in. This went on 
all you know pretty much all day and night i wouldn't let him in the house which was horrible i know because <laughs> it wasn't like, i wasn't small hey, some of these stories are news to me <laughs> so anyway what i was unaware of is that mom came home and started knocking on the door but i thought it was willie and so i'm laughing you know and, and <laughs> here's the weird part so she starts hollering well i hear but i think it's willie talk because he he has a talent he can imitate her yeah Yeah, he he sounds just like her so i'm laughing well she's getting mad because i won't unlock this door and she's getting so mad she's she loses her awareness she's just beating on the door and she she accidentally we had a little uh glass part at the top and she busts the window and I look there, I see blood. So then I'm like, oh, crud. You know, I'm thinking Willie has injured his himself. Well, I open the door. Well, it's mom. And look, there's like smoke coming up, fire. <laughs> so, and, and her she, hand's bleeding now. Yeah, her hand's bleeding. But, and so I always had an exit strategy, which is run through the house, and I'd always hit the back door because it wouldn't open, but I had forgotten in the chaos that I had barricaded it where it wouldn't open. <laughs> I bounced off that thing and go straight back. Well, she's found a belt, and this is the worst part, but she's like trying. I mean, she's a small woman. I'm a, you know, I'm a teenager at this point, and she's trying to swing that belt at me, but she grabbed the wrong end of the the belt so when she swings well there's a buckle coming at me and i'm like oh so when i jumped out of the way she swung so hard it wrapped around her and popped her in the head and she just fell like a sack of potatoes then i'm like oh no you killed your mother she's hit herself with a buckle so at this point, I'm over there like, how do I do CPR? Because I'm panicking, thinking, you know, I've knocked her out. and So it was it was a bad moment. I got my, I don't know if you remember. But look, I've heard, but, I've heard her tell the story. Yeah. At the end of the story, she, so she decided she wasn't going to be able to punish you. So she said, when your daddy gets home tonight. That's right. <laughs> You are going to get it. And so, so we were all, so now me and Willie are like so excited. We're watching because we got to wait and see what, because Jace is going to get just mauled tonight when dad gets home. Dad gets home. Mom tells the story. Dad gets so tickled. Yeah. And he's laughing so hard <laughs> that he didn't even have it in him to punish Jay. So, Jay, you never got punished for the whole thing. Of all the things that I thought <laughs> that I was going to die over. And Phil was like, that's the craziest thing. What were you doing? What He was actually getting on mom worse than he was getting on me. I mean, you that's stick right. your, right. your hand through glass. You're swinging a buckle around. I mean, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but oh, when I read this story, story. I, it popped in my head because I was talking about somebody banging on the door. I didn't, I didn't believe that it was her, and it was her voice. Yeah. But I'm thinking, boy, that Willie, he, he, he thinks he <laughs> Just another little day in the life, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's Horrible. hilarious. I felt really and bad I love hearing that. mom tell it. Yeah. Well, it. And it just, what happened was like most of the Robertson stories, it just became sort of the folklore of how we did growing up, which is kind of funny. But mom, now she was, mom would just grab whatever she had, you know, and if you, yeah, you had to I look mean, out, I mean, 
Yeah, she'd, she'd, she'd clock me a few times. When Missy first heard some of the stories I told, she was like, well, that's child abuse. I said, no, no, you don't understand. <laughs> you know, from her mind, this is survival. I said, we, we, we put her that's through. Right. I never felt like, oh, this is child abuse. I'm like, the woman's trying to defend herself. <laughs> so In a house know. full of men. Well, right. And she's so small. That I'm like, well, what else? What do you think she's gonna do? Because we took it way past the line. No, because I just looked at yeah. it and thought she can't hurt me. That that was my mindset. No matter what she does, she can't hurt me. Yeah. So she thought, okay, I'm gonna get a weapon. I mean, the one time she did hurt me was <laughs> I was trying to do my running thing. And uh, I came out of where it, what used to be y'all's room, and she had taken a broom and turned it around, and I didn't know she was behind me, and she just <laughs> wham, <laughs> and it it flattened me like a pancake, and I thought I tipped my hat to her, and I said, "Okay, yeah. you hurt me there." <laughs> I never thought about it being the way it was. When you kind of look back, it was survival for her. This is I mean, look, it, it hurt me for about five seconds, and then I tipped my hat to her, and I said. Point taken, yeah. I, I will comply. <laughs> but I don't blame her because we were rebellious, and as teenagers, we just were disrespectful, and she needed to hit me with Well, in modern-day America, <clears throat> that's just a little dose of uh, child-rearing, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, I'm in not every making light of people. You know, there is abuse, yeah, and it's wrong. Right. But with us, with big, strong guys— because we everybody always says that when they meet us, they're like, good, good gracious, y'all are all big. I was like, and here's my mom. I mean, she's five foot nothing yeah, and weighed yeah. 120 pounds. You know, I mean, it, it just was, we just weren't respectful and she just tried to get our attention. Ultimately, she is, was and is the matriarch of our family. I mean, she, even now it's funny because dad, you know, she used to be kind of afraid of dad from the early years. But now, I mean, she'll start in on dad, and I just get tickled. I just start laughing because, I mean, she she's not afraid yeah. to tell you anything, Dad. She's well, just, she was right 100% of the time because she always took up for us. But, you know, when she's chasing right. me with a broom, I've really messed up. <laughs> this, because she would always take up for us no matter what we did. But when it's turned, it needed to be turned. I have really screwed up here, and I need my butt whooped. Yeah. So I get it. So I'll, I'll close this out with the the name of my sermon on this text was un, Unchained. And I, and I went back and forth because I wanted to call it Life or Death. Is what I originally was going to entitle the sermon because, I mean, these were all life and death moments. And ultimately, we all live and we all die. But if we're in Christ, we don't have to worry about it, you know. And then I was going to tell a story about the guy, Ben, from Juarez, Mexico. But Unchained got me because I thought, you know, so many people bind themselves out of fear or whatever. But the whole point of the story, I think, especially with Herod dying the way he did at the end, is we don't have to be afraid of anything on the planet, even right. even death, because we're unchained in Christ. We're free. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.